Why do you think it is that there are just some characters where we have to say <laughs> their full name? And Oh, not... interesting. So wh- why do we say Wesley Crusher? Why do we say Tom Paris? Like we always, whenever we talk about Tom Paris, we always say his name is not, we never no call him Tom. Tom. Yeah. No, we just call him Early Tom symptom. Paris. I, we always, that's what we say about Harry that's Kim true. too. He's Harry Kim is always Harry Kim. Yeah. I feel like there's a lot on, for some reason on Voyager. Cause I, I think I always say, I don't know that I ever say Balana. I think I usually say Balana Torres too. Yeah. But we don't, but we don't, what's, I don't even remember what Janeway's first name is right now. Like we don't call her. Yeah. We, we, whatever we her first name like, Janeway like, is. We don't call Jordy LaForge. Right. Most of the time. That is a good, I, I wonder why that, yeah. I do. I, I, but we call, we don't call seven of nine, seven. We usually call seven of nine, just seven. Just call her seven. And, and Chakotay, does he even have a last name? I don't, I don't know. I don't know that he has one that they reference at least. Yeah. Anyway, um, that, I, I was. That is, yeah, that is a good. No, I'm trying to like think through even like on the other shows. Because um, I was because th- I, I think in the last episode you uh, that we were recording you were mentioning uh, Wesley Crusher, and yeah, you, you said Wesley yeah. Crusher, um, and Wesley Crusher. so I was like, why is that? Why why do we why do we call him that and not you know? And, and I know I've heard people call him Wesley, but like I know people call Tom Paris Tom on the show. Like I've heard. Yeah, they do. But yeah, I don't know that in reference to it you would ever call. Yeah. Him. It's yeah, that is a a source of introspection. I feel like of why is it like just the way like vote that it like the name rolls off the tongue, or is it something yeah. having to do with the character themselves? I don't know. Yeah, and it, it, you're right though. It is mostly a Voyager thing because I can't other than Wesley Crusher, I can't think Wesley of like Crusher. another character. Um, on, I mean, on Jedzia, one of the other shows. I guess Jedzia Dax will call either Jedzia or Dax sometimes. Like and like yeah. for her, it's it's more like part of her name is because it has to do with her identity like those are both right. important parts of her name so she may sort of be a special case right is there and even even that i still do call her jedzia like a lot of the time i feel like yeah uh, and yeah i mean yeah i don't i i don't think i no, no one else is really really coming to mind uh yeah, but i i just tom, tom paris though tom paris wesley crusher and harry kim are all like uh and bellata taurus too yeah I, I, Taurus, I, yeah, yeah. If you if you have an explanation, please please let us know and on Twitter or email us or something. Yes, uh, be our be our first person to email us uh, <laughs> in regard to the show. That's right. Hi and welcome to Out of Context, the show where two guys who have seen part of Star Trek try to watch all of it in no particular order. I'm Ryan Howard, and I'm Brady Jungle. Hey everybody, Ryan here. We had a computer crash at this point in the recording and later realized that it corrupted the audio of several minutes of our conversation, so I'm breaking in here to summarize what we spoke about before returning you to the bulk of the show. The episode we're talking about today is Birthright Part 2, which is Season 6, Episode 17 of The Next Generation. It was written by Rene Echevarria and directed by Dan Curry. This is Part 2 of a two-part story in which Worf finds out his parents might be alive and tracks their possible whereabouts to a Romulan's prison camp. When he arrives, he finds out his parents are dead, but that several Klingon prisoners from the Kinnera Massacre, where he lost his parents, are being peacefully held by a retired Romulan commander who has dedicated his remaining years to caring for them. The Klingons have stayed, and even had children at the camp, because they are afraid that returning to Kronos and explaining that they allowed themselves to be taken prisoner would strip them and their families of honor for generations. To keep their secret, they force Worf to stay at the prison. We now return you to the rest of the episode. And the other thing Worf tries to do uh, during this part is he he tries to escape on his own by uh, rigging what I guess is a it's like a some sort of door panel up as a bomb, I think. 
Yeah, uh, and in in like an act that seems to draw more attention to him than if he had just tried to escape by which he does by climbing a ladder that is yeah. on the wall of this prison, which seems like not a good place to have a ladder. Right. Yeah, because he he just sort of like nonchalantly chucks this bomb into some crates and it <laughs> explodes, and then he like kind of like whistling backs away to where this ladder is. Again, where there's a ladder just up against the wall of what's presumably a prison, and just like yeah. runs, up, just clambers up the ladder and jumps over the wall, and everyone sees him do it. Yeah, it's yeah. It almost seems like if he had just sneaked away, like they they maybe wouldn't have seen him, but like they actually like the but the way that the shot is set up, him setting off the bomb actually causes some Romulans to come closer to where he's trying to leave. Yeah. Then, but you know. <laughs> yeah. And so then he he tries to escape and actually gets stopped by by one of the the Klingon children who's named uh Tok or Tok. Um I think it's right? Tok, but yeah. Or, yeah. Um and gets brought back to the camp. Yeah, he he basically, you know, is Tok is told to guard Worf and basically like the the they kind of threaten if you keep on trying to like disrupt things or escape, you know, we'll we'll kill you. Or uh, that's what uh uh, yeah. Togat says. So then Worf kind of starts to, in in a more like kind of passive way, like teach teach the Klingon kids about yeah Klingon stuff. About, yeah. So he does um, Klingon yoga, mm-hmm. which is these <laughs> these kind of you know forms that it's a it's a physical exercise and it's sort of a mental like centering exercise, but it's also based on forms of combat and kind of a state of of hand-to-hand combat um and starts teaching the kids that he he teaches them you know they're playing a game with like rolling a using spears and rolling a a hoop and he teaches them how to like properly throw a spear through the hoop um he tells them stories of of kalis who's kind of the greatest klingon like folk hero and then he also at the same time so the two main main kind of younger klingon people that he's interacting with one is is tok who's this young man and then the other is uh, Bayel, who is uh, a, a a young woman that he mostly just finds attractive, and and she seems to be too seems, young for him. Like she she seems pretty. I mean, she seems you know she seems like an adult, but definitely younger than than Worf. <laughs> yeah, she seems very like naive, like like sheltered, and also like what like early twenties at oldest probably. Prob- I don't yeah. know. Yeah, I would say probably early to maybe mid 20s maybe um and and yeah and and he also kind of develops this relationship with her where they talk about um kind of where they are and what it means to be klingon she shows him some old sort of klingon relics that uh, her family's kept um and and they sort of like become more and more more and more close and at one point he goes uh sort of moves as though to kiss her and he finds out that she has pointy ears and that she's actually half Romulan um that her her mother had married Togoth the the Romulan the sort of the prison warden yeah and he becomes very like disgusted by this and gets a little racist um, a lot racist a lot, but, right. the, As, he, he's at one point he says I think he says that uh it's an abomination for a for a Klingon to to mate with a Romulan, I yeah. think is what he says, which is like already a bad thing to say. It's really bad if you're saying it to the to face the of person. a woman who is the product of uh, that union. Yeah. Um. Yeah. And tries to be very like, oh, it's not your fault. 
Yeah, she's like, oh, cool, thanks. It's not, this is, I think, like, one of the few things that I liked about this episode is she, she rightly kind of calls him out on being like, oh, yeah, thanks a lot, pal. It's not, thanks for telling me, it's not my fault that I'm an abomination. You right. Know, like that's, yeah, yeah, she, she, I think it's a good, it's a good scene there where, like, she gets real, like, indignant in him and calls him out and, and points out that, like, you were about to kiss me because you were attracted to me and now you find me disgusting just because you found out about, like, my race. Mm-hmm. Worf has a history of really not liking Romulans, though. Yeah, there, there's a, there's an episode of TNG that happens before this where uh, they find this Romulan that is that is dying, and they need a blood transfusion, and only for whatever reason, only Worf can give him the blood transfusion, and he refuses to do that, and the Romulan dies. Uh, so he is pretty pretty historically cold uh, towards yeah. uh, Romulans. I mean, with you know, arguably with reason, they killed his family, killed his dad. Yeah. Um, yeah. No, I, I mean, I get, but, I get it, but you know, yeah. it. so, so anyways, and so then, um, essentially he, he, uh, convinces, uh, Tok to go, uh, hunting with him. And so they go out and they go hunting for an animal. And as part of that Tok, like he teaches him how to like smell, you know, smell his prey on the wind. And Tok kind of feels this, this sort of primal thing that runs in the blood of Klingons, the, this violence. I'm not sure. Um, yeah. But yeah, and so he comes back. They come back to where all the, you know, the Klingons and Romulans are kind of peacefully enjoying dinner, and he, you know, slings his his the the prey he caught on the hunt onto the table, and he's like, "Tonight we feast in a Klingon way," and uh, starts singing like a Klingon, you know, victory song. In and, and I wrote in this part that they're really just sort of throwing in our face the whole issue of that sometimes the universal translator like translates klingon and sometimes it doesn't in this yeah the- because he even like he'll sing klingon words of the song and then he'll say in english what those words mean yeah and it first of all it, it makes you kind of wonder like why we're hearing a bunch of klingons talking to each other in english anyways but then sometimes right. singing things in klingon yep yeah it it uh it is the, the, they mentioned too sorry they mentioned too that this is a the, the kind of the the parents have kind of per- repurposed this like battle song into like a lullaby and so they've kind of like taken the uh, they've i think that the take on that in this episode is that they've sort of like taken the power away from it by yeah by the kind, kind of, of like the people like it. sing hum the tune but they don't really know what it means and yeah. then he starts singing it in this like very like kind of klingon strong way and everyone else starts singing along and this is i think what brings you know when uh togath realizes that and if he lets this continue, that he's going to have a problem keeping these Klingons prisoner. I did think that, so I feel like this scene was where, I think there were some good things in that scene in particular. Um, but yeah. the scene is where, like, I I wasn't sure which, like, which side of something I was supposed to be taking or which side was the right side to take. Because the, the tension kind of that they're setting up is between, you know, to wharf sort of where they where he, he keeps talking about where we came from and like who we are and sort of this rich cultural heritage that goes back generations of Klingons and how important that is. And these young people to that kind of haven't had that that cultural upbringing. And what their argument is that like there's a there's a point where Worf tells, you know, is talking to Tok early on and he says, you know, don't you want to, don't you care where you came from? And Tok says, you know, I know where I came from. I came from right here. And I think there is like, that is sort of presented as like the attitude that needs to be overcome. But I think there could be some 
value to that. That like at what point is kind of ha- like forging a new cultural identity not necessarily a bad thing because this is like like everything about this place is actually good right like you have these people that used to hate each other that live together and are like happy and peaceful so yeah honestly at this point of the show i started to kind of think about the the this side of paradise episode that we did not that long ago uh which is like kind of a similar thing in that it's about like a member of Starfleet kind of like coming onto this commune where everyone seems to be like getting along pretty well and then being like well look you're not living the right way like yeah, actually like, this you isn't have to how live. we do things you have to yeah you, this isn't how we do things you have to do this way like in a way that is invariably going to lead to um, more conflict yeah. Than than the way you're living right now, which I think simultaneously works a little better and a little worse in this episode than it did in The Side of Paradise, because yeah. I think that for this episode, the kind of the the factor of it is that the like the the people who are here, like the kids who are here, they they didn't get to choose their cultural identity. They had their cultural identity chosen for them and their real one uh, oppressed, you know? Yeah. That's so true. I, I, think I think that is the difference. And that, I think, is what they point out really well in that kind of Toke gives this sort of speech when he brings the uh, the meal that he had hunted for, is he says, you know, our stories aren't told and our songs aren't sung. That I guess that is the difference, is that their, like, their cultural history was stolen from them. It wasn't that they, like, chose something new. Mm-hmm. And, and I think, like, the where that kind of fall short a little bit though is in two things one is which is that like i i still was never really clear by the end of the episode why tovak doesn't want them to do that stuff or like why he wouldn't let the kids go anyway like it seems like they're just kind of because tovak like obviously he's a he's like a jailer who worked for the romulans who you know even intermarried with like prisoners that he's supposed to be controlling and stuff, which all is somewhat shady. But at the same time, like he does seem like he has like a genuine concern for their safety. Like he basically quit his, his career to to make sure that they weren't killed. And he tries to like have everything like go well on in the colony. And kind of like you said before, there's, you get the sense that like the Romulan, like the Romulan government, like doesn't really care about these people anymore. Like it's not, it's not like they like have to stay prisoners and like, you know, presumably there would be no consequences for for, like from like higher up in the Romulan if like some of his prisoners escaped. Like it's, you get the sense that he, he along with like, he's been forgotten by the Romulans kind of as much as these Klingons have been forgotten by the Klingons. Mm There would only be consequences if he, uh if they went to live other where other places in the Romulan empire, like if they had gone somewhere else, they like, yeah, the Romulans would not have cared. Yeah. The, so I think that's part of it is that you're kind of like, I think, you know, in the, the Mermaid Alpha for this, and I, I was thinking about this a little bit when I, as I was watching too, they, uh, Ishvarya has said that basically that like, he was inspired to write this episode because he was thinking about Worf as kind of like this Malcolm X character who is trying to connect the Klingons back to like their history because they've been kind of oppressed. And I think that's, you know, I don't want to speak too much on that because I'm not like an expert on on Malcolm X, but I I think that, you know, some of like that black liberation stuff has to do with kind of like reconnecting to your, to your culture because your culture was kind of forcibly removed from you in an attempt to keep you under control. But it doesn't really seem that Tokath is not trying to keep them under control for like any purpose of like, making them be subservient or or anything like that you know so i'm not saying that what he's doing isn't wrong but at the same time it also the yeah the parallel breaks down a little bit yeah so that's like one aspect of it and then uh 
the other aspect of it is just that Klingon culture is kind of dumb. Like I, I, when we've talked about this before, like like it is is that, and also I feel like it kind of like there's a way where if you read this as like too too like analogous, where it becomes like kind of like this weird that weird racism of like black people are better at sports, like like kind of thing, because like. It, this kind of tries to tie in the Klingons' cultural identity explicitly with their racial identity. So, like mm-hmm. Klingons, they can they you know they have apparently very good senses of like smell. They naturally, like want to hunt and kill things. Yeah, which is which is like that is like this weird thing where like you're kind of like circling. It's almost like you've done horseshoe theory back around to being racist because like that's a thing that people say about black people is that like oh they're naturally more savage or I, you know I, I'm saying that like you know, racist people say that about black people they're naturally more savage or they're not as smart or they or like they're they're built to like be physically stronger or, or whatever all this stuff right like where you're kind of like by by lumping in their cultural identity with their racial identity you kind of of like have this weird thing of I think that that the show doesn't really do a very good job at at the understanding that basically if if Klingons wanted to do this it would be fine the problem is that they haven't been given a choice you know whereas yeah. it kind of it feels like at the end where Worf is just kind of saying look all Klingons should be doing this all Klingons actually want to do this they just don't necessarily know that they want to do it but it's like hardwired into them because they're Klingon yeah and 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 then yeah like like I said like that's made doubly bad by the by the the fact that like Klingon stuff it, like 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 the, the the idea that like all these Klingons have to live in exile because they would dishonor their families like that's stupid and, right. and it's weird because like sometimes it's just like the show like pushes back on that even like Worf does and at one point at the beginning when when he says when like the 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 Klingon leader of the colony who I can't remember his name right now but he he says why did you even come here? Like, wouldn't you have felt dishonored if you found out your dad was still alive? And Worf says, no, I wouldn't have. There's no room in my heart for shame. I just would have been happy to see my dad. But then there's all this stuff later on of where he's like, well, I can't try to escape again because I have to die with honor. Like, and yeah, it just like they're, they, they never, they never want to really come down with any kind of consistency on whether or not we're supposed to respect or chide Worf for his cultural beliefs yeah. and yeah it just doesn't and, and like again like some of his cultural beliefs like the like the idea that you should just always be in conflict with other people is bad you know right. and so I don't know it, it's it's it just I think it just kind of fails on that front to me yeah I agree because because even the ending so the sort of how it ends is that Tokath is about to execute war for what he's doing and and he gives and he gives him the choice. He tells Worf like either or no. I think um, who's is it? Bael sort of like offers to help Worf escape. And yeah, so and yeah, because he's gonna he's going to fire. Yeah, he's going to do execute him by firing squad if he doesn't agree to stop telling him about Klingon stuff. And he refuses to do it. Right. And so then he. Uh, so he's going to execute him by firing squad. Yeah, and she comes in and says, offers to let him go. And this, is like, this is like the thing of this episode is so inconsistent because I wrote <laughs> some stuff down about this, this scene because basically she says, he's like, a Klingon does not run away from his battles, uh, but he was doing that earlier. He, he tried to he escape. He already tried to escape earlier in, in the same episode. Yeah. And then, and then he also says to her, 
if there was a way I would take you, I, if there was a way I would take you away with me. Well, first of all, there is. They could just both escape. That's right. not, it's, right. as we've seen, that's not that hard. And second of there, all, there's a ladder on, was, next to the wall. <laughs> yeah. But also, like, wasn't he just talking about not running away from his problems? So, like, which is it? Like, if he could take her away, yeah. like, he would, or he has to stay and fi- fix his problems. Like, like, the whole episode is like that, where it just, like, is this weird thing of, like, where it seems like it's ping ponging back and forth as to, like, whether we're supposed to think that Worf is, that, that Worf, that Worf uh cultural practices are good or not yeah yeah and so as they're you know the firing squad's about to execute him and then first uh tok comes and like stands next to him is this sort of like you know i'm just as klingon as he is and so if you're gonna kill him you have to kill me too and then kind of one by one all of the all of the klingons go and stand with him including bael who is uh tokath's daughter yeah, they do, but they do kind of like an I'm Spartacus thing, except for that, like, some of them are standing behind War. War like, I, I know a lot of this episode, was the, the, the scene was going on, that, like, they could still pretty He's easily still, yeah, shoot. Yeah, War. they're all kind of, like, next to him at the, at the least. Like, they're not really, like, yeah. And, like, presumably phasers have accurate enough aim that, that you could just shoot Worf, yeah. Yeah. Um, but yeah, and so because of this, essentially, that how it concludes is they decide to, uh, the Romulans decide to let the, let the, the children go uh even though the the older generation still has to stay there for the same like honor reasons i think was yeah the older generation doesn't want to go because they they want to because they, they still, still think they would be like they died if they yeah if people if the klingons found out they were still alive and but then Worf says something along the lines of like you know your parents sort of sacrificed themselves or like their interest for you and like that is honorable and we should honor them for that and so let's honor I, them by lying about them being here so that no one dishonors them and like i feel like you had a you had an out there where you could like be like and then they you like everybody returns with honor because they like did this honorable thing like it, se- it still seems less honorable for me for like that the what they decided to do is just like let's all just lie about where we came from and say we were just a bunch of random klingon kids that like crashed here and we definitely don't have parents that are alive i i i don't know i i actually thought that was like kind of a nice like way to do it where he's kind of saying like we're we're going to respect the choices they made like they they chose to live in anonymity mm-hmm. for the sake of their families and so let's continue to let them everyone think like, they died here yeah yeah and they can be happy and then but then you guys don't have to stay here anymore you guys can just pretend to be klingon orphans and so thus you don't have like the the dishonor element going with you, which I, I think is like that that is like kind of like a little bit of a of a sop to like that maybe Worf learned a little bit from Bile about that you can't you can't just like view all Klingons through this one lens, I guess. Um, yeah. Uh, also, like, did you does Bile stay or not? Like, like no, she. I don't think that they. I think- I think she comes with them. Like, isn't she? Is it or is it? She's is she the one Tok, that like Tok, beams on? You see Toke on the ship at you the see end. Toke on the ship no, that's Toke. Okay. Yeah, I'm just looking to see if it says in the episode. Oh no, Bile stays. There's just there's one line in Memory Alpha. Bile stays behind. I, well, actually, I don't think that they actually explicitly state that other than that you kind of see her go back to her parents, okay. which I, I'm yeah. assuming is because, because I was thinking about that too, like, well, why doesn't... You can't if, have Worf have a love if interest. He's in, if he's in love with her, which, like, it's, that happens so fast in this episode, but, sure. like, why doesn't he take her with? Because he just said he would take her with if he could. But then I think she... I think the implication is that she stays behind because she doesn't think that anyone would accept a half Romulan, half Klingon. I mean that, yeah, I, I did kind of wonder that of just like, so what is, because yeah, I was under the impression that she came with them and I was like, so they just don't address the like, yeah, everyone's going to 
like hate her and be super racist towards her when they find out she's half Romulan. But yeah, I feel like that's never like explicitly said in the. In yeah, the you have to do a little bit of dot connecting, I think, to get there. Yeah. Yeah, and then, and then the episode ends with Worf coming back on the Enterprise, which is kind of we've seen a couple scenes of them throughout the episode, kind of trying to find Worf. Yeah, more more just like to give the actor screen time. Like I don't think they actually accomplish anything that like furthers finding Worf. Like they just get con- at the yeah. end. It's just like, oh, the Romulans contacted us and said that they had Worf. Yeah, and then yeah, Worf lies and tells Picard that ever that, that everybody died yeah. and that the the young people are from something else, and then. Picard kind of looks at him like, okay, like I get, I, I kind of get what you're laying down, sort of. And so it's like, all right, sounds yeah. good, you know? Which I like, I like that it was like a nice little piece of acting for Stuart, even though he's like barely in this episode. Yeah, that he kind of has this understanding of his, of his officer. Mm-hmm. This episode, it just, like, again, I, I think kind of like the last episode we watched, like, there's some interesting ideas in here. And I think that just kind of, it throws all these balls in the air and it's kind of, I think, sort of fails to catch them somewhat, even though there's some interesting things. Yeah. Uh, in it. Also, like, this this really does make Worf look pretty bad at points. Uh, n- not not physically. Actually, I was gonna, I wanted to note that, like, this is maybe the most handsome I've ever seen Worf look. He's wearing, like, this tactical, like, all black kind of, like, turtleneck thing uh, yeah. throughout the episode. He looks really good. He looks really cool. <laughs> <laughs> um, but, like, the scene where he basically tells a woman to her face that she's an abomination is <laughs> right. pretty rough. Yeah. And... and and then the, the next scene that he's in, uh, he like knocks on her door and he, she lets him, she opens the door and she's like, what do you want? And he says, I believe he says, uh, I'm sorry if I, I'm sorry if I upset you. <laughs> it's like, right. That's like the most, that's the lamest apology for the thing that he did right. that you could, possible. Like, I don't know. It just uh, didn't quite get there for me. Um, Any other? I do have a couple, a know. couple of minor notes that I uh, that I picked out. Um, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. One is so one of the scenes on the Enterprise where they're kind of trying to track down uh, where Worf had gone to. They they're tracking the the Iridian that that he had traveled with, and like they pull up on the screen that there's three systems that he went to, and mm-hmm. they're like, well, how many of these are near Romulan? And they're like, two of them are near Romulan space, and they say the names of those ones. But if you look at the mm-hmm. screen, there's those two, and then the third system on the screen, uh, the name of it is Echavaria. Um, yeah. <laughs> so he there's he apparently named a, a planet after himself that he just sort of snuck into. Uh, there's an Easter egg. Um, the other thing I I, I did want to kind of point out that I I found as a positive with this episode is I did really like uh, what they did with the uh, with the costuming with the outfits that the the people in the colony are wearing because there's the, what they're sort of a like kind of combination of like Klingon and Romulan aesthetic because the like the fabric is kind of that you know Romans have this very like cross-woven fabric that their their outfits are made of and they mm-hmm. they had those sort of sort of like very squared off like shoulders that Romulan outfits mm-hmm. always kind of have um yeah but like what the Klingons were wearing like it had those shoulders but then it had the sort of like ang- like v-shaped sort of uh I don't know what to call it but like kind of layers in the front that that looked more like like kind of Klingon like outfits or armor that um, yeah you know, sort they're, of these, they're like, brown kind of earthy to- tones. I don't know. I just really liked the kind of the look they they went with for 
mm-hmm. um, for the outfits the Klingons were wearing is kind of a like inspired by both Romulan and like kind of inspired by Klingon, but in a very much more like softer, you know, less warlike, not armor like look. Yeah, that's a good point. I, I didn't really think about that, but that's 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 I kind of want to go back and look at look at some of the costumes now. Yeah, it, it is a very it's a it's a big contrast because you do at the end you see uh, Tok wearing regular Klingon armor and it really is like it's very different um yeah but yeah that's interesting yeah I, I don't know I just I noticed and, and kind of liked the the outfit mm-hmm. was there anything else I guess I just made made a little note of that it was a little notable that the um of like the two main like uh Klingons that he interacts with there he the boy is the one that he teaches to become a warrior and the girl is the one that he just wants to fall in love with yeah but yeah it says it's it really is like like the the female romantic characters i feel like are usually pretty underserved i I can think of some exceptions like you know you've got like vash is pretty cool you know but uh yeah yeah it's 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 i feel like it's rare like yeah she she reminded me i think that's one another another reason why i was maybe thinking about the set of paradise is that obviously she's not the same character as as the character, as Spock's love interest from The Status mm-hmm. Paradise, but like there's kind of like this kind of similar kind of ethereal person who is kind of controlled by her dad, who doesn't really get a lot to do and is mostly there to like make the male like feel things. I think she she has better, yeah, yeah, she has better things to do than uh, than that woman yeah. from The Status Paradise, so. but still. Yeah, I think like pretty good performances in this episode. Honestly, like uh, I think Tok, the, you yeah. know, that actor, does a really good job, and I think Togath does, and I, I think even um, what's his name? The the again, I don't remember the guy's name, but the oh, like the older his name is on. yeah. He, he's does, he's not in it a lot, but I, I like him in in it. It's um, I believe his name is Lacour. Yeah, and um, there's a there's a great little moment where they're all eating before Toke and Worf come back in with like the space deer that Toke has killed, where they're kind of Lacour and Togath are kind of talking about like how things are going and how Worf is like a disruptive presence, and then uh, Bile uh, asks Togath like, "Father, if you wanted if I wanted to go to the the Klingon or, or Romulan homeworlds, would you let me?" And then <laughs> like you can see like. Uh, Lacor kind of like rolls his eyes, kind of like, oh man, like this is just getting worse and worse. Like <laughs> it just he has this very kind of like, when is this gonna end? Yeah. Look on his face, and he doesn't really talk very much in that in that scene, but it's just like a it's just like a funny little bit of nice. of acting there. But um, yeah, I just think it's you know unfortunately just kind of the writing the like. It, it, it just it just I think it could it could have been it could have been a lot like clearer like the the lines they were trying to draw, uh, unfortunately, but, um, and I, I think even like they recognize that, like uh, looking at their, the reception area of, um, memory outfit does seem like they kind of, they, a like acknowledge that like a lot of fans apparently also felt the way we did where they're kind of like, why, why is Worf being such a jerk? <laughs> but also like, it just, they just didn't, I don't think they really felt like it necessarily had exactly the, the kind of like kind Worf of as cultural figure impact that they wanted. Yeah. Yeah. But you no, know, I appreciate that they tried, I, I suppose. Um, uh, sometimes I, I think sometimes when we when we when we see things about race in this in this show, I don't I'm not someone who thinks that, like white people shouldn't write about race or anything like that. I think that you know people should try to understand perspectives that they don't have. But I think that sometimes we we see people talk about race in the show, and I think that the writers think that they have like a command of the material enough to do the thing, and then maybe it doesn't quite carry over as like well as they were convinced that it would. Yeah, that is a good a good point the death penalty episode or things like that, you know? Yeah. Um, 
So anyway, well, yeah, I think that's all we have though today. Uh, thank you everybody for listening. We'll be back in a couple weeks. We do this every other Sunday. Our next episode, uh, we're going to be doing, uh, this is actually, I think our, our third episode in a row where we're not going to be doing a, a Voyager episode, which might be the longest we've gone in a while, honestly. In a while, at least, yeah. So this is a, a Discovery episode. We've, we did one of those not too long ago. We're doing another one now. It's called uh, The Butcher's Knife Cares Not for the Lamb's Cry, and it is uh, Discovery Season 1, Episode 4. Uh, so you can come back to in two weeks when we do that one, and uh, in the meantime, you can follow us on Twitter at Contracts. You can email us at outofcontracts at gmail.com, or you can visit our website at outofcontracts.podbean.com. Contrast is spelled C-O-N-T-R-E-K-S. Uh, we are also part of the Kaleidoscope Media Network, uh, so you can check out uh, the sister podcasts that we have. There's uh, Here's Johnny, which is a horror media podcast. There is That's Not How Science Works, which is a science and pop culture podcast. And there's Wizard Studies, which is about Harry Potter. Um, so check out any of those. And uh, and if you uh, like what we do here and would like to maybe see more of things that one of, one or one of us is doing, check out. Uh, I've just started a, a Substack recently where we talk about politics, pop culture, other things. Um, you can you can. Uh, it's called Headlines from Another Land. You can read that at anotherland.substack.com. So that's um, you know check that out. Uh, I, I think it's pretty fun. But yeah, in the meantime, uh, until until a couple another couple weeks, we'll see you then. Thanks, Thanks everybody. everybody. Bye. Although listeners of this podcast may find themselves brave for having withstood classic episodes like the body switching, the enemy within, or the gothic witchy horror of Cat's Paw. We at the Here's Johnny podcast like to dive even deeper into the genre of horror. That's right, Justin. And even though you really dated yourself naming off two super old episodes of Star Trek, here on the Here's Johnny podcast, we review video games and films from all over the horror genre, looking at different subgenres like vampires, aliens, and zombies. And we compare the similarities and differences between the media. We also have discussion-based episodes, which range from interviews with people in the industry, deep dives into directors, and their filmography or analysis into video game timelines. Yeah, that fictional history of Resident Evil was quite the doozy. But be sure to check us out. You can find us on any podcasting site. We have new episodes every Monday, and our website is here's Johnny Podcast. com backslash horror. And on there, you can find links to our episode feed, all our social media. It is all there. And remember, in space, no one can hear you scream. And stay scary. <laughs>